1: Tenei nei 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 Hashem.
2: Hashem.
1: Yes, he, oh, he so. Are you so I'll be i share. Yes, sir.
0: Wednesday morning on this April 15th. Is today tax day in the USA? That's what we're told. (laughs) April 15th of 2015. It's day 26 in the month of Nissan, the year 5775, Tufshanay and Hay. Tomorrow, our Yom HaShoah Holocaust Remembrance Day program. Today is day 11 in the counting of the Omer. That's day number 11. Uh, one week, four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Nochi band with Esau Eina. You heard 6, uh, 613 with Bini. Ma Shiv, Shloimi Daskal with the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. Mordechai Ben David's Habait and Ani Mamin. Regesh, Moda Ani opening things up. And we say good morning. J.M. and the AM on this Wednesday with 51 degrees, 31% humidity, winds north at 2 miles an hour. I'll tell you, these numbers are good. Partly cloudy with a high temperature of 70. An enthusiastic round of applause for the weather forecast. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 47 and tomorrow mostly sunny with a high temperature 59 degrees. We're at 67 in Yerushalayim, 51 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. I want to thank everybody who's have been posting pictures for our contest. Uh, Kitchen Sink is offering a grand prize for whichever photo of your chametz or non-chametz food receives the most interaction between now and Friday morning. Um it's a one month subscription to the Kitchen Sink, uh, box of goodies that essentially gives you everything you need to uh, prepare dinner for your family. That is basically what Kitchen Sink is. You can check it out online, k-t-k-i-t-c-h-n-s-y-n-c-h dot com. And a big thank you to Doug Socklaw for that grand prize. Anyway, all you gotta do, we're trying to re-engage everybody in our Social media after the big Pesach holiday. All you got to do is um either tweet at Nachum Siegel Net or email webmaster at nachumsiegel.com your photo of your favorite chametz or non-chametz food to us. Again, webmaster at nachumsiegel.com or tweet at Nachum Net. And the photo that gets the most interaction when we post it and and you retweet and everything else um, between now and Friday morning, that will be the winner here at J.M. and the A.M. So that's how it works. So get to it if you haven't posted any pictures yet. You want to get to that ASAP, that's for sure. Uh, I want to remind everybody to please keep in mind uh Shalom Avraham Ben Peshaleya for a Somebody having surgery, Shalom Avraham Ben Peshaleya for a And we thank you for that. Um yesterday was something. We uh we we read a letter on the air yesterday from Glenn Richter. And uh, the letter essentially gave us the story behind and the reminder of the 50th anniversary of the song Am Yisrael Chai by Shlomo Kalbach, which has certainly become an anthem for jury around the world over the last 50 years. And I read the letter, and we played the song, and then later in the day we posted the photo that Glenn Richter had sent us of Shlomo Kalbach actually teaching that song on the streets of Manhattan 50 years ago. Got a nice reaction. If you want to see it, you can go to the Nachum Siegel Network Facebook update page. Uh, again, simply entitled Nachum Siegel Network. The photo is up there uh, among a bunch of photos of different food items that have come from our listeners for the contest. That's uh, a very cool picture, though. It really is. It's really nice. You can check that out and enjoy. Really nice. Tomorrow, our Yamashawa commemoration. Friday, weekly update with Malcolm Honline. We'll catch up on all the events of the... Last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of uh, news items to speak about, that's for sure. So make sure to be tuned in this Friday morning, 7.40 in the morning right here at JM in the AM. Kudos to those who are planning their Yom HaZikaron and Yom programming programming uh, for next week in your synagogues and organizations. We have a bunch of announcements for those and uh, Kolakavod And to those who are holding Yom HaShawah presentations this evening, we say Kolakavod as well. And we'll get to some of those later on. Don't forget, we have a community calendar online. You go to jmandam.org, click on Community Calendar, and there you have it. Um, The Y Studs are brand new. This is JM and the AM. Hecht with Father in Heaven off of the Heart is Alive CD here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning, Day 11 in the Counting of the Omer. Today is Tax Day in the U.S. Don't forget to uh, submit your uh, IRS tax forms. 26th of Nissan, the uh, year 5775 means tomorrow is Yom HaShoah. A lot of uh, different institutions, synagogues, and organizations have uh, programs that are taking place tonight. Get to those in a second. Before Moshe Hecht, you heard Sandy Shmueli with Eight Chaim, Yaakov Shweki with Hine and Cry No More, the brand-new Y-Studs with Harriyu uh, here at JMNAM before that one. Uh, the Chabad Center of Northwest New Jersey, one uh has a Holocaust Remembrance Ceremony tonight, starting at 7.30 at the Chabad Center in Rockaway, New Jersey. Uh, Olga Menser was born and raised in Budapest was deported to a concentration camp, and was on a death march, which ended in Czechoslovakia when the Germans abandoned their prisoners. She speaks tonight. Mincha begins at 710. Information at 973 uh, 1525 Also tonight, Yom HaShoah commemoration of the unusual of Kew Gardens Hills on 150th Street in Kew Gardens Hills, Queens, fighting anti-Semitism. What are we not doing? Jeffrey Wiesenfeld, renowned activist, will address this topic tonight. And uh, that happens at the uh, Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills beginning at 7.30 p.m. Uh, the Yeshiva Flatbush presents a Witness Theater. Witness Theater begins at 7 p.m. tonight at 1609 Avenue J in Brooklyn at the Yeshiva Flopbush Flatbush building. It's uh, been brought to New York uh, three years ago by Self-Help Community Services. And uh, essentially, it's a moving reenactment that survivors do of their lives. Most difficult and poignant moments is portrayed by student actors and narrated, I should say, by the survivors themselves. They don't act it out. They narrate it as the students act. From what I hear, it's pretty amazing. It's tonight at the Yeshiva Flatbush, 1609 Avenue J, to commemorate Yom HaShoah. So you could check that out uh, this evening. Um, trying to see what else we have here couple other programs that are going to be taking place tomorrow. We'll give you those a little later on in this show. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, org. Galetzal in the background, we'll do our news from Israel coming up. Please keep in mind, Kayla Rus, Baschaya Rachel, undergoing surgery tomorrow. Kayla Rus, Baschaya Rachel, and your help with that is greatly appreciated. (laughs) Remember, if you haven't yet gotten your uh, pictures into us, your chametz or non-chametz favorite food pictures, do it ASAP. You could win the big kitchen sink contest this week, which ends early Friday morning. The picture that gets the most interaction through our different social media is going to be the winner. So tweet a picture at us, at Net at Net, or email it to us, webmaster at NahumSiegel.com, webmaster at NahumSiegel.com to enter that. As we try to re engage everybody after the big Pesach holiday into our social media. It's day eleven in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Day eleven. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio. Two PM newscast for a Wednesday is next. Spoke your toe from
3: J. Rambam החולים לילדים רות, המוסד ציוני במשך עשר שנים האחרונות אנחנו רואים עלייה ברמב״ם של כ-20, 25 עד 30 אחוז במספר חולי הסרטן שאנחנו רואים כאן ברמב״ם הסרטנים שעל פי רוב אנחנו רואים אותם בילדים הקשר שלהם לזיום אוויר הוא לא כל כך חזק אתמול פורסם שחצים הילדים שלקו בסרטן באזור חיפה חלו בגלל זיהום האוויר. כתבנו קובי מנדל שמה בבית החולים את יוסי הפתר, תושב קריית ים, שביתו לינוי החולה בלוקמיה מאושפזת ברמב״ם.
4: אני כועס על עצמי שהבאתי אותם לפה. הם מאשימים פה אחד את השני. העירייה מאשימה את משרד הבריאות. משרד הבריאות מאשים את העירייה. יש פה אה, מפעלים שכנראה הם שלמים מיסים יפים מאוד לעירייה ולמדינה. ויכול להיות שהשיקול הזה אם (אם) היו מביאים אותי אני יודע מהחלל ונותנים לי לבחור איפה לגור כנראה שזה לא היה פה (אם)
3: ובתוך כך התנועה לאיכות השלטון קוראת למבקר המדינה לחקור את פעילות המדינה למניעת זיום במפרץ חיפה ערב יום לשואה ולגבורה דוע חדש מגלה עלייה של כמעט 40 אחוזים במקרי האנטישמיות האלימים בעולם כתבנו אישי שנר
2: על פי דוח מצב האנטישמיות של מרכז קאנטור השנה שעברה הייתה אחת השנים הגרועות לעם היהודי האחרון מבחינת כמות המקרים האנטישמיים האלימים מספר התקפות האנטישמיות שבוצעו בנשק הוכפל מספר ההצטות נגד מוסדות יהודים שולש וסך הכל נרשמו כמעט 800 אירועים אנטישמיים אלימים בין הסיבות המצוינות בד anti ישראליות וכן את חזקותו של ארגון דאש ואופיוהלים
3: ופרופסור דינה פורט ראש מרכז קנטור הסבירה על הקשר בין עליית דאש לזינוק ואנטישמיות
5: ראינו היטב ברציחות האחרונות שהיו בצרפת
1: ובקופנגן. שם מבצעים, היו אנשים שהיו קשורים לדאש בישירות או, עקיפות, או הם או בני משפחתם. אלפי בני נוער רואים את הקסם האפל הזה של החזריות
3: הערב בשמונה ייפתחו אירועי יום הזיכרון לשואה ולגבורה בעצרת הממלכתית ביד בשם במעמד נשיא מדינה וראש הממשלה. בגלץ נעביר אותה בשידור חי. במקביל תתקיים עצרת נוספת ממכון מסוע ללימודי השואה בהשתתפות שר הביטחון. כתבסות ראשונה של גורם רשמי בצהל להסקת מחירת תליי הS300 לאיראן בפקד בסיס חל אביר בן וטים ליהו לי הוא אכהן אמר יום בסיחהם כתובים בבסיס אתי לחדש יאווה אתגר לחייל
2: הS300 מהווה אתגר חל אביר מתכונן ונהרג למגוון רחש תרשישים בינהם גם המערכת הזאת בני וידרש ערש מתת מענה יד חל אביר מתת מענה לאתגר
3: קדבין אותה לברהם ויונתן בנייה מוסרים שהיום נחנך מנבטים מהסימולת אורח חדש של מטוסה F-35 החמקני שצפוי להיקלט בבסיס בסוף השנה הבאה. מטוס איר פרנס שיצא מנטבג לפריז נחת בז'נבא לאחר שאחד הנושאים חשברה. הודעת החברה לא נאמר מה מצבו, מסר כתבנו אלדר גילרן. ומזג האוויר בה השעות צפויים גשמים מקומיים והיתכנו גם סופות רעמים. קיים חשש לשטפונות בנחלי ביקת הירדן, מדבר יהודה, ים המלח הערבה ומפרץ אילת. אלה החדשות שאורי חדר שיפר.
0: The song we spoke about yesterday, Shlomo Kalbach, uh, Glenn Richter had sent us a uh, an email the other day uh, that it was just the 50th anniversary of uh, Am Yisrael Chai being taught for the very first time, being composed and taught for the very first time in the streets of Manhattan. In fact, we posted the picture on the Nahum Siegel Network uh, Facebook update page yesterday, and um, and there it is. And I want to thank Glenn for that and. Uh, it was just an, a, a really remarkable, uh, for us, it was a remarkable revelation that half a century has gone by since that song became an anthem uh, for the Jewish people. Just incredible. Anyway, there it is, her Shlomo Kalbach with Am Yisrael Ochai. uh Before that, you heard uh, Shlomo Simcha with Hinei Amimba Im. Wednesday morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. Tomorrow, our Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day program. Don't forget, we are in the midst of our uh, kitchen sink contest. Which, uh, essentially, I don't know, I think it's pretty easy. All you got to do is uh, send us a photo of your favorite chametz or non chametz food. Simple as that. Uh, this is an effort to re-engage everybody into our social media after the big uh, Pesach holiday. Uh, so we want you writing into us and tweeting us, etc. So tweet uh, your favorite picture to at Siegel net. You can um, uh, email it to webmaster at com. Use either of those two methods, and you can get us your uh, your pictures. The one that gets the most social interaction over the next couple of days before Friday morning is going to be the winner of that big kitchen sink prize package valued at almost a thousand dollars. It's a month long subscription to their incredible service, where they literally drop everything off at your home uh, that you need to cook a delicious uh, dinner. So we thank them for that. Big thank you to Doug Sokoloff, and uh, get those pictures in, and whichever, of course, wins will be uh, declared the winner on Friday morning. Uh, we have an amazing hour coming up between 9 and 10 this morning on our stream at jmnam.org. I spoke yesterday with the former United Nations ambassador from Israel, or I should say Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Dori Gold, uh, no greater expert on Iran. And I speak with him coming up at nine o'clock this morning here at jmnam.org. You can hear the whole thing, of course, on the NSN app. Really a fascinating conversation, you can imagine, uh, with the whole, uh, with the whole Iran thing going on. (laughs) Uh, so we do that uh, between nine and nine thirty this morning. And then at nine thirty this morning, Rabbi Steve Berg, who each week does an amazing uh, job on community roundtable. Uh, today with Yom HaShoah in mind, after all, Yom HaShoah begins tonight. So today with Yom HaShoah in mind, he has, uh, prepared, a, really an amazing program. Uh, he will, on his era of Yom HaShoah community roundtable, he'll, he'll be discussing Naftali Lau, Naftali Lau Lavi. Naftali Lau Lavi is the brother of Chief Rabbi Lau Sr., who as a teenager kept Rabbi Lau, who at that time was six years old, alive, through multiple concentration camps, and went on to work in the Ministry of Defense during the Yom War, and in the Foreign Ministry during the peace accords with Egypt. Um, so that's a that's that's unbelievable uh, in and of itself. In addition. Uh, Rabbi Berg will be discussing Chaya Gertman, a 92-year-old Holocaust survivor who died three days ago. She had no family because the Nazis sterilized her. Over 400 Israelis who did not know her turned out at the Chalon Cemetery to answer a call to have a minion to say Kaddish in her memory. As Rabbi Berg says at the end of his post, Am Yisrael Chai. So really an amazing hour coming up. Our friends at Keshet. Uh and the uh, conversation I have with Ambassador Dory Gold between nine and nine thirty, and then we're by Steve Berg with an unbelievably appropriate and really cool uh Erev Yom HaShoah program coming up between nine thirty and ten o'clock on our stream. Jmtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. It will be something remarkable. Um wanted to acknowledge and wish a Mazl Tov to Saul Friedman and Company. Saul Friedman and Company. Saul's been here, he's been a guest of ours on the air. Um, uh, today they are celebrating uh, their brand new offices in honor of their new clients, or in honor of all their clients and associates. Their new offices are going to be on 60th Street in Brooklyn, New York, and tonight they're having a major celebration. I, I RSVP'd that I'm not going to be able to attend because I'll be at a uh, a wonderful wedding celebration this evening, but I want to take this opportunity to wish Saul Friedman and his entire staff a Mazal tub from all of us here at the JM and the AM as they embark on their brand-new location and continue to grow. And a Mazel Tov going out to the Adams and the Ditchik families. Uh, tonight is the big wedding. Uh, Bat Sheva and uh, Eitan. Uh Sheva and Eitan are going to be married tonight in Brooklyn, New York. Mazel Tov again to Mr. and Mrs. Rafal Adams. And um, a special Mazel Tov to Dr. and Mrs. Stuart Ditchik, to Ruby and Dr. Stu Ditchick. And Dr. Ditchik, of course, has been a guest of ours Many times on this program, uh, it will be an honor celebrating with you this evening as we get ready for the big wedding tonight, and we anticipate a just a wonderful celebration. So, a big Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Twenty minutes before, uh, actually twenty minutes after seven o'clock on this Wednesday morning, it's brand new Y studs.
2: Hashem Allah, Hashem Dindoch, Leodan Ba'eh Hashem Neger, Hashem Hashem
1: mala kini bi aga de no beto da la she mala kini Jamel.
0: I am in the a.m. Tuned from Yesi Green and company. 29 minutes after 7 o'clock. Before that, the Y Studs, brand new with Hashem Melech. Want to wish a mazel tov to Aliza and JJ Sussman of Modi in Israel. I'm told that they and their entire family are tuned in as we speak. Uh, they had a brand new baby boy this week. So mazel tov to Aliza and JJ Sussman. They've got a brand new baby boy in uh, regards to the entire family. And uh, that comes from all of us here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning on day 11 in the counting of the Omer. Plenty more coming up here on a Wednesday, including our uh, community calendar. Lots of uh, Yom HaShoah programming going on tonight and tomorrow in different places. Synagogues and organizations throughout the community. Kolakavot to those who have reserved time in their uh, programming schedule. Uh, to have events like that. We'll go through some of those coming up right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on
5: Sfirah HaOmer. The Torah tells us in Vayikra, Sheva Shabbosos to Mimos, we are to count seven weeks that are complete. This takes place between Pesach in Shavuos, Reb Chia questions when are these days considered to Mimos. He explains that this is at the time when Bnei Yisrael fulfills the will of Hashem. The great going, Harav Yoshev explains what is the connection between these two thoughts, seven complete weeks in fulfilling the will of Hashem. In Tehillim, Moshe implores Hashem, Limnois yomeinu ken hoyda. Teach us to count our days. Each day plays a significant role in the life of the Jew. In fact, we see the expression of days used often in Torah to express the concept of time. The pasuk in Breishis tells us, "Va'avram Baba ba'bayamim," and Avram was old, well on in days. Later, in Bereishis, the pasuk refers to Yaakov and says, "Va'yikrivu yemei Yisrael lamus. The days approached for Yaakov to die. The Zaira Kodesh explains that the word Vayikravu is written in the plural form. However, there is only one day of death. He explains that when the time approached for Yaakov Avinu's demise, all the days of Yaakov's life proudly testified. Every day was accounted for, and Yaakov's purpose for that day was fulfilled. In a similar vein, we count the days of Sfira in preparation for Kabbalah Satorah. Indeed, we say in the tefillah of Sfirah that in order to purify the souls of your nation, this obligates us to think of our true Tikkun as we count each day. This is the intent of Rebchiyah's explanation. The actual meaning and purpose of Sfira is to prepare ourselves to ensure our suitability for the acquisition of more Torah. The objective is achieved by the fulfillment of the will of Hashem for that day. The Klosenberger Rebbe had gone through many hardships. He suffered much during the Second World War. When he was in the DP camps, everyone in the camp tried to help the Rebbe. Because they were maker, they recognized his greatness. Once the cook said to him, Rabbi, these potatoes are simply delicious. You know what I love? I love them cooked with pepper. How about you? The Klosenberger responded, Love potatoes? Love pepper? I love Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning physic. Have a nice Good day.
1: Good morning.
0: in the AM Yehuda Green want to take this opportunity to wish a Mazel Tov to the Adams and Dichik families tonight Batsheva and Eitan are going to be married to Mr. and Mrs. Rafal Adams and to Dr. and Mrs. Ruby and Dr. Stu Dichik a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM boy I'll tell you time flies uh, you remember when, uh, you remember when certain kids are born and then all of a sudden you're at their wedding. Uh, so that's happening tonight and we say mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, Yeshiva University is launching a technology career certificate program. YU has announced the launch of four skills-based technology career certificate programs beginning in May of 2015. It starts next month. The programs will provide remote collaboration-driven courses focused on software technology and data analytics. Crucial Areas of Growing Need in the Marketplace. The certificates will be offered through YU Global, Yeshiva University's online learning initiative, and can be completed over a six-month period. In our studio to discuss this and other things happening at Yeshiva University and YU Global. Uh, we have Dr. Selma Botman, who's the Yeshiva University Vice President for a- Academic Affairs and Provost at Yeshiva University. Dr. Botman, welcome to JM in the AM.
6: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Pleasure to have you here. And Dr. Akiva Kovitz, who's YU Global's Executive Director for Strategy, he is here this morning as well.
7: Good morning and welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: I appreciate that. How long has YU Global been around? Is this a very new initiative? So YU Global
6: has been around in embryonic form for over a year, and it takes time to identify an appropriate program or a a corpus of appropriate programs to launch. And so we have been building for the past year, and now we're ready, as you said, thank you, uh, ready to launch four technology certificates next month.
0: The the goal, I assume, is for YU global to be as global as possible, and I don't just mean in the geographic sense, but literally to grow and just continue to grow and grow, right?
6: So this is, these four certificates um, represent the beginning of the work that we are doing online. Uh, we are creating degrees that students want, the market needs, and can extend YU global faculty um, throughout the world, throughout the region, throughout the world, right. and so this is the beginning of a much larger operation, and we're very excited about it.
0: Dr. Kovitz, what do you think when you were first approached about this program coming out of a place like Yeshiva University?
7: I think this is, without any question, the future of higher education. I think this adds a tremendous amount to any university's offerings. So I'm coming out of helping Harvard University launch its online programs. This is the kind of thing that five, six years ago, most top-tier universities like Yeshiva University would not have thought would be something that they would be getting involved in. And now you have Harvard, Yale, Princeton, NYU getting involved in these sorts of programs. So
0: the five, six years ago applied to the Ivy Leagues as well? They were not really approaching this type of model? They were not.
6: But, you know, today there are probably seven million online learners across the country. Right. And um, the latest research demonstrates that something like one in three students in higher education are taking at least one online course amongst the, the curriculum that, that they are, in fact engaged in
0: right and help me identify the audience here because for some reason you know when when we think of college or undergraduate school we we have a certain image of somebody between i don't know 17 and 22 who you know at some point in those five years or maybe a drop beyond will complete their education but here whenever we hear online course online certificate we always think it's endless that you know we're talking about people from i don't know from from 15 to 100 you know and and anybody could be part of it and anybody could earn any type of, of degree to go forward from that am i right or wrong
7: that's absolutely right i think so much has changed in the last 10 or 15 years partly because just in the last four or five years online learning has developed so quickly so that people who are busy whether they're in their 30s or their 40s and they're rushing around from work to work from family to things or whether someone's In the retirement years, and they're not particularly interested in getting in a car or on a subway and going an hour or two to go to a classroom, the fact that you cannot do that from wherever you have an internet connection around the world means that the audience has just become infinite.
0: And are the guidelines of how a BA, for instance, is granted going to change? Because at some point it was rather rigid, right? You had to complete your course of study in some type of reasonable amount of time, or am I wrong?
6: No, you're absolutely right. New York State Department of Education monitors very closely what universities do. Right. And so um, any program will be registered and certified by the New York State Department of Education so that the state is sure that the university is extending all of its human and material resources in the interest of students taking these classes. And I want to say that, that actually the fastest growing market in higher education is the adult market.
4: Hmm.
6: And so, as Akiva said, people are busy today and so um you know the reason we're launching four certificates in technology is because we understand this is what the market needs and these certificates can actually lead to better jobs for people in industries that are crying out for technology trained employees
7: how long does it take to earn one of these certificates Anywhere from between six or nine months, depending on how much time you're putting into it.
0: And this is not, you're not required to be a, I mean, tell me if I'm right or wrong, you're not required to be a college graduate to take these, am I right?
7: You are not required to be a college graduate. And
0: you're not necessarily required to be pursuing a collegiate degree. You are not. This is literally an independent educational effort. You're addressing a need in the global community. We see what the marketplace needs, what they want, what they're demanding, and now we're offering to to train students to train people to be able to do those skills
6: yeshiva university prides itself in being indispensable to its community and this is another way that yeshiva university is reaching out to people in the community and beyond um, offering them the skills and knowledge they need to advance themselves in their careers
0: see i know the benefit of going ahead and pursuing any type of education with Yeshiva University at my side. I can I, I know that from experience. Will the global community understand that just like the Ivy League schools, YU is providing the best educators and really top-notch people to get you a certificate that's very meaningful, not just an online piece of paper? Yeshiva
6: University would not put its name to any academic program that is not meritorious, that is not equal to the rich and rigorous programs that we now have in a face-to-face modality. And what's interesting about higher education is that not only are students taking fully online classes, but they're also taking classes that, that blend face-to-face instruction with technology. They're called blended classes. And so students and faculty are able to connect to a rich array of sources that are available online. But it also helps students learning. And what we know, again, is that students learn in different ways. And online education, blended education as well as fully online education, offers students an opportunity to learn at their own pace Mm -hmm. and to to be able to go over material again and again until they master it. And so this is actually a way to help students learn better.
0: Is there a personal interaction? Can somebody in this forum... I don't know, you know, make contact with a professor and, you know, literally have a problem solved the way they would when when we used to stand at a professor's desk and beg for help. So absolutely. <laughs> so in
7: these programs, in addition to there being a faculty member that produces the content, the material that you can watch again and again if you fall behind or right. if you need to see it two or three times. But each of these certificates has a mentor. That's part of it. And they meet with the students live on a regular basis, um, all the time, all through these, these certificate programs. So there always is interaction. In addition, there are, um, cohorts. You're not just by yourself staring at a computer screen. You're with others who are developing the same kinds of projects and you have, a, again, an, a, an attempt and an opportunity and a requirement to interact with a live mentor and expert.
0: So, so the barrier of the web or of a computer in general should not discourage someone from thinking that, hey, I'm never going to be able to interact with this professor. They will have an opportunity at some point.
7: They will be required to interact. They'll
0: actually have to be required to.
6: You raise a very important point because there is an image of a student sitting by himself right. or by herself at a computer screen, um, maybe engaged in the material, maybe lost in the material. Yeah, essentially
0: being on their own.
6: On their own. Right. But online education is not that at all. It's not only that students talk with the instructor, with the professor, but students talk to each other and learn from one another as well. And so there are rich conversations that go on. And it again goes to how students learn. Some people are very shy and might not be um, comfortable speaking in class right. and are much more comfortable online. And so this again offers students an opportunity. To engage in ways they may not in a regular classroom.
0: Right, that's true. Uh, Dr. Salma Batman is here, provost at Yeshiva University. Dr. Akiva Kovitz, YU Global's executive director for strategy. Are we going to be able to keep this cost effective, in, you know, in comparison to other online educational programs around the world?
7: Absolutely. I, the value that you get for the money that you pay for these certificates is is clear. We've working with a partner that's provided the content in some of these classes. It's clear that for the money that you pay for these certificates, which is about sixty-five hundred dollars a certificate, you will get that and more in terms of your salary in the short run, and right. certainly in the long term.
0: We're talking about a real course here. We're talking about a real course of study with the uh, uh, the opportunity to really advance in someone's you know advance someone's skills in their own area.
7: And I think one of the things that we also learn about online learning um, over the last five or six years, where it's really developed, is that it. Online learning has to be story-based. It has to be driven by a narrative. So both Dr. Bobman and I are professors. We try, I think we always have tried to do this in our teaching, where you, you give the students a sense that they are on a journey going someplace in particular. In online learning, because there is this slight attenuation uh, out of the classroom, you really have to give people a sense that they're going to a particular place. And these certificates in particular, because they're guided towards getting you a job, the end result has to be a thing that you can put on a piece of paper right. on a on a drive send it in with your job application mm-hmm. and get a job it's not i took this here's a, here's the line that says i took it a piece of paper there's a project that you do you create an app you create something that you can actually show, or that can use in your own business as well.
0: All right, this is a good opportunity because for me it would be impossible to get to get into the details, but you're able to do it, Dr. Kovitz. Uh, tell us about these four certificates. What is it that you're offering starting on May 11th that would appeal to some of our listeners?
7: There are four certificates. Uh, the first is in agile web development, um, which is Ruby on Rails. So that includes and that. I'm not a technologist. I don't have a PhD in computer science. I'm a political scientist. <laughs> so what that means is that uh for instance Twitter was designed in Ruby on Rails. So for something that people know uh, And that's been a pretty successful effort, uh Relatively. Uh <laughs> I was on there first thing this morning myself. Um uh, Hulu, Airbnb are all Ruby on Rails. Um the second one is in e-commerce, uh which we all know um about search engine optimization to some degree. So that you go onto Google and you think Without knowing how it works, that if you just type something in, the best result comes first. Right. But in fact, that's not the case. People right. pay Google to right. push their search results higher up. Mm-hmm. You have to understand exactly how that works. Um, so you end up as a digital marketing manager. A lot of people in our
0: community doing very well in that industry, by the way.
7: A great deal. Yeah. And this gives you the real tools to take that to the next level or to create your own um, mm-hmm. business. The third one is in big data. I think, again, we all know that we're utterly inundated with data these days. The question is, how do you analyze it? How do you derive what you need from it for both you and your business? Uh, um, So this gives you those skills to figure out how to basically wrangle the billions of terabytes of data that find their way into your inbox every day. And the fourth one is in mobile app development. Uh, We all use apps of some kind or another. I think that's fair to say. Oh, yes. this shows you how. I to hope do- people are listening right now at our app. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, YU has a great app. There you go. Uh, Renat, when um, I need a minion at YU, there's a great app to tell me. <laughs> there is the Zmanda app is used by there many people. Um, how those apps are developed uh, is not a mystery. Uh, this course, this certificate, will show you exactly how to do that, and you'll end up with an app at the end of it that you will have developed. Crazy question. I'm sure people some people might be thinking, you know, by the time I learn all this, it's
0: going to be obsolete. Like, you know, is it is this course going to be good enough for what I'm going to need in 2016? What would be your answer to that?
7: It is. These are not teaching you um, the p- particular skills. And again, this is how online learning is different than it is in a classroom. If I'm teaching someone what Brown versus Board of Education meant, That's relatively static. They're either going to know it or they're not going to know it. This gives you the tools that you need to solve problems. Uh, It shows you how to build a particular thing, but it gives you the toolkit to go out and develop as things go. Ruby on Rails is not going anywhere. E-commerce, as long as the malls are as busy as they are, it's not (laughs) going anywhere either. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to stop sending uh, large amounts of data across the web, and we're going to be using apps for the foreseeable future.
0: No question about it. Dr. Salma Batman is here, UC University Vice President for Academic Affairs and Provost, and Akiva Kovitz. Dr. Akiva Kovitz is YU Global's Executive Director for Strategy. May 11th it begins. What do people do? Do they go online to register? How does it work?
6: Absolutely. Uh, student uh, People who are interested in these certificates should go to um, YU Global, um, and And online and register, and they will be, um, there is a a process that they go through to register, and they can pay online, everything is done online, and they will be helped along the way should they need assistance.
0: And when you say it starts May 11th, meaning the course, actually, the course of study begins May 11th? It does. In all of these? Yes. In all of them. And uh, just because I have to ask for those wondering, financial assistance, or that would not apply in a situation like this? (laughs) Or that's a complicated question.
7: (laughs) It does, and we're uh, particularly looking for Yeshiv University uh, alumna to to join the cohorts, and we're absolutely happy to talk about that. Oh, this program could
0: be dedicated, in other words. YU Global could actually be something supported by... uh a philanthropist.
7: Correct. Or, or sponsors, right?
6: Absolutely.
0: It is.
7: Absolutely. And for those alumni... Actually,
6: already it is. It you is. You know, there have been a number of very generous philanthropists who have helped us launch YU Global. <laughs> wow. And so um, we are grateful to those philanthropists, and indeed, we look forward to others investing in us and investing in the university.
0: They probably and- have the same vision. I apologize. They probably have the same vision as the original who founded the University, I that this is now such an important step. We have to get it going.
6: I think that our philanthropists understood that YU Global needed to uh, come into the 21st century and that um, YU will be um, marginalized if it is not brought into the technology age. And so through their generosity, we have launched YU Global.
0: All right, there you go. By the way, a great example of all this, and I know it's not exactly... a a congruent uh, um, example. Uh, But Yutora has been, again, it's not online courses in in, in the interaction that we've been discussing, but it's made a tremendous impact out there. In some ways, it's a little bit of a model for everything that we're pursuing here.
7: It is. I work regularly with the folks over at Yutora. Um, a member of our staff... And they staff, got
0: started really early.
7: They did. A member of our staff helped them develop what's called Empowered Learning, which is uh, a special program that they've been doing for all the Chagim. Right. Uh, they just had one for Pesach, right. where Rabbi Lord Sachs um, added. We're doing one for Shavuos next. Right. So we're using the technology that we've piloted at YU Global to help Y.E. Torah get beyond the audio stage, not no offense to the audio stage, here we are in a radio station, um, but uh, but to get to the video stage where there's uh, the ability to interact and to see, that's just where people are right now mentally.
0: All right, Dr. Botman, here's where I uh, ask you to join me in making an appeal to students and maybe even more importantly, some parents in our community. Uh, not everybody in our community understands the value of being in a formal Certificate program, formal course of study, uh, formal, what I called earlier, you know, 16 credits per semester, depending on which one of these, you know, appeals best or, or fits best for the student. Could you please convey to this audience that no matter what they're pursuing, no matter what their priorities might be, how critical it is to have these degrees and these certificates if they're going to advance in the workforce? So
6: thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> Why? YU, Yeshiva University is a unique university. It offers students a chance not only to develop the skills and knowledge that they need to be successful professionals in the world and successful parents in the world, but it also offers a value-based and ethical-based education. And so we combine Jewish learning with secular learning, both of which combine to launch young people into the next phase of their lives. This is for parents out there. I'm a mother of two myself, so I know this intuitively and practically. It, this is an investment in your children's futures and um, and we take the education of your children and your grandchildren very seriously and I treat my own students I'm teaching at Stern College now I teach my own students the way I want my children to be treated by their professors and we have a dedicated um, a dedicated faculty who are world-class and accomplished in a variety of fields and so the students at YU are taking practical subjects in business in psychology in science and also liberal arts mm-hmm.
0: um, even some of the impractical subjects come in very handy I never thought I'd say that 30 years ago but, but I'm saying it now <laughs> but honestly
6: when we do surveys of employers they tell us that they want to employ people who are knowledgeable about history, who are articulate, who can write and think critically. We provide all that for students as well as launching people into medicine and law. Um, You know, we do... Yeshiva University produces the accountants and the journalists (laughs) and the doctors and the lawyers and the health professionals um, that make up the the modern orthodox community. We do that for the children, for the grandchildren of your listeners.
0: 100%. Uh, Dr. Kovitz, is it possible that all the areas that uh, Dr. Botman mentioned are eventually going to be covered by YU Global? Could somebody eventually, and I know this may be a crazy example, become a doctor, become a full fledged medical student with online courses? Are we heading in that direction?
7: I think many medical schools are heading in this direction of some elements of the transfer of information happening online. I think, as as Dr. Botman said before, and as I can speak to as a professor, there are often times when I'm simply transferring information to my students where I do see their eyes glaze over slightly. <laughs> uh, um, I try to be as entertaining as possible, as hopefully my students can attest to over many years. But that said, there are just times when I have to tell them the things that there are. And those sorts of things happen a great deal. You gave the example of medicine, where those things happen, where they just have to hear all these things. So it's happening at all the medical schools, Harvard and all the other medical schools, and I was part of that process before I left Harvard, was capturing all of those lectures and then giving students the opportunity to come to class... Afterwards, after they understand, just know the basic information and then apply that information in class. Mm-hmm. And Selma mentioned blended learning, and that's the ideal mm-hmm. there, because the transfer of information happens uh, in your pajamas, at home, watching a computer, but then you go and you have face to face time with your classmates and with your professor where that information is then applied and then you can have that sense of interaction with others.
0: And it's hard, it would be hard to believe that blended would not be the best way to, you know, the best goal for all of this. It, it would be hard to believe that one exclusive, you know, from the other would be better. The blended is likely going to be the best option. For the
7: short term, and right. I'll give you an example. We're working with the Sim School of Business to take what they have, an executive MBA program, which... Oh, we the,
0: spoke about that. That's, I hope it's doing well.
7: It is. So um, they have, their their curriculum now is four Sundays per month. Right. Uh, we are helping them through YU Global to put some of those courses online. Oh,
0: that would help even greater because of the whole Shomer Shabbos problem. And right. right. So for
7: our community in particular, because obviously classes can't be on Saturday, right. which is when most executive MBA programs are, right. it to this point required people to be physically on campus most Sundays during the year. And that means that who's going to cut the grass, who's going to go shopping, who's going to do Leslie Live in Bergen County, who's going to go to a different county and go shopping with your family. But if we can help put some of those classes online and we can blend some of those classes, then maybe the people only have to come to campus two Sundays a month. And then, then the barrier to entry is much lower, and then more and more people can get that executive MBA through SIMS.
6: If I could follow sure. what Dr. Kovitz said, um School of Business is very entrepreneurial and is working with Dr. Kovitz and his team um, on producing master's degrees, for example, in accounting, um, in marketing. marketing. In marketing, I, I apologize. In marketing, um, we were looking forward to a fully online um, business program as well. So... We have faculty who are eager to convert their face-to-face classes to an online modality. Right. This will not take the place of a face-to-face class, but it will be offered to those people, as Dr. Kovitz said earlier, who are busy at work and can't come to a university during the day or the evening, who are parents or caregivers of their own parents. Um, so the online Opportunity for busy professionals and for caregivers is, is, um, you know, is terrific.
0: It could work into anybody's schedule, which is whoever would have thought that we'd be in an era where academics could work into everybody's schedule, especially with everybody being so busy. It's pretty amazing. Uh, May 11th is when it starts. Yeshiva University has announced the launch of four skills based technology career certificate programs. Again, it starts May the 11th. The web address is pretty simple. Global. Global.yu.edu, right? That's where all yes. the information is. Global.yu.edu. Uh, we encourage everybody to pursue this, uh, check it out. These courses and certificates could be exactly what you've been looking for. There'll be others coming down the road, of course, as YU Global continues to grow. We bless them that they grow as much as possible. This is a great need in our community and beyond. It's global.yu.edu. Are you enjoying your time so far as provost?
6: It's been wonderful. I'm in a community of people who have values, who are ethical, who are dedicated to students, who are dedicated to research, and it is, um, it is a privilege being part of this YU community.
0: And you have an amazing faculty in all your schools.
6: Absolutely. Dedicated to students and dedicated to their areas of expertise. So they're constantly publishing, they're constantly refreshing their information and sharing that with students who, by the way, report a wonderful experience with our faculty. Um, It's a high-touch place, so to speak, in that that students can go to faculty and ask for advice, can go to staff and ask for advice, and they will always receive it. We are a student-centered institution. There's nothing more important to us than student success.
0: I never appreciated, as a student, the uh, obsession that it seemed professors had with their area of expertise, but uh, now I I get it. <laughs> we, we love what we do.
6: That's why <laughs> exactly. we, we spend a lifetime, you know, marinating in the <laughs> field uh, of interest for us.
7: Dr. do you want to add? That in addition to the programs you've talked about, this summer, for the first time, we'll have um, as many as 10 fully online classes that you can take for college credit so, we have an, a brick and mortar summer school. In addition, we have 10 online classes that anyone can take. Starting June, July? Starting the, um, the end of May. Oh, wow. Uh, um, also, information on that site? There is. So, if you go to global.yu.edu, uh, you'll see on, if you scroll down, you'll see summer sessions. College courses, requirements, credits. Absolutely, for students at YU or students at any other school. So we have That's about fifty
6: great. courses that are classes that that are going to be offered. Ten right. of which will be online, um, and so there are students who are YU students who want to get um, a, a jump sure. on, on on their courses who come to summer school, and then there are students who are at other universities who we welcome into our summer school. So if 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 parents or students wish more information, they can just Google YU Summer School 2015. 15,
0: and, we have two sessions, and the um, for so many summer school was never an option. They had certain jobs; they were away, summer camp, etc. Staff members here they have an opportunity to do that. And uh, I get uh, I get messages
7: every day from students who said, "You know, my my parents want me to have an internship. It's full time. I'm working. Right. Can I take this class?" And the answer is yes, yeah. because you can take it at your own pace each term is five weeks long so you could do two different sessions and people who have full-time jobs or internships people who are in Israel, people who are in Los right. Angeles can take these courses as well.
0: Wonderful to have you both here this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. So
6: I would just say in, in by way of conclusion, thank you for your commitment to Yeshiva University Pleasure. and we ask you to come home come back <laughs> and visit us
0: Yes, I, I plan on doing that <laughs> probably sooner rather than later frankly. I love spending time on the campus at Yeshiva University. Information about about all of this, global.yu.edu. Again, that's global.yu.edu. My thanks to Dr. Salma Batman, Yeshiva University Vice President for Academic Affairs and Provost, and. Dr. Akiva Kovitz, YU Global's Executive Director for Strategy. I thank you both again. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Brand new from the Y Studs.
4: <evenior langsam>
1: <Mind Shoulders> to that do let, 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 do 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 let,
0: am in the A.M. It's the Y-studs with their uh, Menucha V'simcha. Just came out, part of their uh, brand-new collection. Day 11 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. My conversation with Ambassador Dory Gold is coming up at 9 a.m. I uh, had the opportunity earlier this week to speak to a former U.N. ambassador from Israel, uh, Dory Gold. Pretty amazing conversation. I really I, I can't imagine there's a bigger expert on what's happening with Iran than he uh, so we uh, have a nice conversation. I hope you'll check it out starting between 9 and 9.30 uh, between 9 and nine thirty this morning here at jmnam.org. Rabbi Steve Berg has a community roundtable perfect for an era of Yom HaShoah. He'll be um, discussing Naftali Lau Lavi, brother of Chief Rabbi Rabbi Lau Sr. He is a teenager, Naftali Lau Lavi, kept Rabbi Lau at the age of six alive through multiple concentration camps. He went on to work in the Ministry of Defense during the Kippur War and in the foreign ministry during the Peace Accord with Egypt. He'll also discuss Chaya Gertman, a 92-year-old Holocaust survivor who died three days ago with no family, uh, and over 400 Israelis who did not know her turned out to the Chalon Cemetery to answer a call to have a minion to say Kaddish in her memory. How incredible is that? Um, so that's happening between 9:30 and 10. Community Roundtable, Rabbi Steve Berg, continues to do great shows each week here at org. Um. Tonight is Yom HaShoah. There are many commemorations. Chabad Center of Northwest New Jersey with Olga Menser, uh, born and raised in Budapest, deported to a concentration camp, and on a death march, which ended in Czechoslovakia, when all of a sudden the Germans abandoned their prisoners. She speaks tonight at 7.30, Chabad Center of Northwest New Jersey, one Torah away in Rockaway, New Jersey. That happens tonight. Also, Yom HaShoah program at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills begins at 7.30 this evening. Jeffrey Wiesenfeld on the topic of fighting anti-Semitism. What are we not doing? Um, Yom HaShoah program happening at the, uh, at the Yeshiva Flatbush that starts tonight at 7 p.m. It's called Witness Theater. Um, lives acted out by students narrated by the survivors themselves. It's at the Yeshiva Flatbush, 1609 Avenue J in Brooklyn tonight beginning at 7 p.m. Try to get to some other events in our community calendar a little later on as well. Here at JM the AM, a reminder that our Kitchen Sink contest continues to uh to be on. Everybody out there has a chance to win a 1-month subscription to the uh, Kitchen Sink, the incredible service that Doug Sokoloff began, where a uh, big box of everything you need to prepare dinner is uh, is sent directly to your home. How do you win it? It's very simple. Whoever gets the most interaction from any food photo, send us your food photo, chametz or non-chametz, as we try to re-engage everybody after this holiday of Pesach into our social media. Uh, either tweet it, at Nachum Siegel Net, your favorite food photo. Tweet it, at Nachum Net, or email webmaster at nachumsegel.com. That's webmaster at com. Get it to us, the... Uh, the item, the food picture that gets the most interaction between now and Friday morning will be declared the winner from Kitchen Sink and all of us here at JM in the AM. Our friends from o are standing by. We'll get to that and plenty more. They have a very important community event coming up. It's all happening right here at JM in the AM.
2: Been a lot of places. I've been all around the world, seen a lot of faces, never know where I was on the horizon. Ooh well I know I know I know I know soul be rising back home. No we won't forget where we came
1: from. This city won't change us, we be through the same job. To commit
4: to
2: it, you say that it's hard standing still. Don't you know that I spend all my nights counting backwards the days till I'm home?
1: know you're not alone. I'm gonna make this place. I'm coming home, coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. Let the rain wash away all the pain of yesterday. I know my kingdom awaits and
4: they've forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming
0: In the a.m., freedom is uh, from eighth day, Wednesday morning, day 11 in the counting of the Omer. We forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Tomorrow, Yom HaShoah, our commemoration starts at 6 a.m. Tomorrow is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh, We acknowledge all those who have dedicated time in their own programming, uh, synagogues and um, schools, etc., to Yom HaShoah keynote speaker for the 72nd annual Holocaust commemoration of the Jewish Federation in North Jersey, which happens at Congregation Beth um in, um in I'll give you the city in a moment uh, is going to be Dr. Rachel Yehuda, director of Traumatic uh, Stress Studies Division at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. The topic is how the trauma of the Holocaust is genetically transmitted from survivors to subsequent generations. A very Interesting topic. And she addresses the uh, crowd tomorrow night at uh, Beth Rishon. And um, for us, she'll be our guest tomorrow morning during our uh, Yom HaShoah program here at JM&AM. should be a very, very interesting uh, um, uh, conversation tomorrow. So check that out. Also, the Yom HaShoah observance happening with uh, Bernard Storch, survivor and liberator at Avas Torah on Broad Avenue in Englewood. That happens tomorrow evening starting at 7 p.m. Um, The Teaneck Holocaust Commemoration happens at Teaneck High School tomorrow night at 7.30. Keynote speakers, Howard and Nancy Kleinberg, who first met at Bergen-Belsen, they speak tomorrow night at 7.30 at the Teaneck High School in Teaneck, New Jersey, beginning at 7.30. As we said, a lot of very interesting and appropriate programming going on uh, throughout our community for uh, Yom Shoaq. And kudos to all the congregations and organizations that are doing that. Uh, we have in our studio two of our favorite guests. Dr. Hindi Klein is the OHEL Director of Clinical Projects and is here because uh, there is a groundbreaking brand-new film that is being uh, offered for viewing throughout the uh, Jewish community. We'll speak about it in a moment. Uh, Dr. Hindi Klein is joined by Derek Saker, of course, Director of Marketing over at the OHEL organization. I say welcome to both of you. Thank you for being here this morning.
8: Good morning, Naham Thank morning, you Nahum. for having us. A pleasure. Great to be here again.
0: I appreciate that. OHEL presents Rising from Divorce, a groundbreaking new film for all members of the community, not just divorcees, but everybody who um, uh, really needs to learn about this topic. And uh, as they say here, who should see this film? Rabbis, community leaders, educators, and more importantly, the entire community. As uh, Ohel makes this film available, it will be shown this coming Sunday in Brooklyn, New York. We'll give you the details in a moment. Dr. Hindi Klein, why is Rising from Divorce such an important film for the Jewish community?
8: Well, for several reasons. Um, there There are certain things that are very different about this film in terms of addressing divorce in the Orthodox Jewish community. Uh, number one, these are people who came forward. We had a, uh, on our website, we had a call for people to come, to come forward if they wanted to speak about divorce, whether they were uh, divorcees, whether they, whether they were adult children of divorce, uh, to come forward and talk about their experience, and not only what is what they experienced past and present, but what they think should be happening within the community. Um, in addition to which we um, enlisted the ideas and thoughts of uh, rabbis, other clinicians, um, educators, community leaders, people who we wanted to hear their view on uh, what's going on yeah. in the community and what we feel should be happening. Yeah. How can we help men and women who are divorced? The most important, how can we help the children? Our focus is always on the children. If people decide that they want to get divorced, that's their choice. However, the children need to be protected, yeah. and, and they should never be caught in the middle. And that's
0: the goal here. In other words, uh, there are many different options for the way the community uh, members, you know, regular folks, respond to people and to families who are going through divorce situations or already have gone through divorce situations Uh, some people might ignore them some people might not know how to approach them what to say to them etc some people might think negative thoughts about them because hey how could it be that they allowed their you know marriage to get to this point or whatever you know where they actually
8: stigma exactly a lot of stigma around divorce
0: and uh, what gets me is that i thought we were making a lot of progress in this area or
8: do we have a lot of a long way to go in this area I think we've definitely made progress. I think that the fact that we can create such a film and show it and the reason we are launching it the way that we're doing is because, because we feel it's, it's such an important film and there's so many important points that need to be made. Um, we didn't just want to create a video and then put it on a website or mm-hmm. launch it in a certain way and say, "Here, this is an interesting video. Go watch, watch it." Watch
0: this and learn. Right, what to and do. learn,
8: and then you can have your own thoughts about mm-hmm. it. We wanted to process it almost like a group process, where people would come together and we would show the video, and then afterwards we're going to be having panel panels of. Um, different notables in right. the community to come and process <coughs> and answer questions uh, with the people, the participants who came to watch the film and we're having, um, as you know, three different launchings, right. Brooklyn, Teaneck, and the five towns.
0: Yeah, we'll go through those details in a minute. I guess we'll know the answer by Sunday night, but I'm, uh, but yeah. I'm curious... To see if the community turns out for this. I'm really well, curious I, I could, to see. I can
9: tell you this. Just on the, the, the last day, really, where we've uh, been marketing it aggressively, we've had thousands of hits on the, on the video, whereas a few days we had 100 and something. Uh, this morning I think it's over 3,000. So I think that the video does speak. Very
0: loudly to the community, not, not to suggest that people could see the entire movie. It's a trailer. You're correct, referring
9: to. and that really and that's, and he says was deliberate because we, the the this initiative is is way beyond just the video. Obviously, the video is principal uh, in this initial stage uh, as an awakening to the community. But far more importantly is the um, uh, discourse that we hope will emanate from uh, people seeing the video, the video, and then even more importantly, action within the community, whether it's from rabbonim, whether it's from teachers, whether it's from um, uh, uh, other educators, whether it's from neighbours, whether it's from friends. Um, I will be honest. When we started this project, we were very apprehensive. We were very concerned. We weren't sure whether people would come forward because the, the only way we would do this is if people would go on camera and, and share their experiences. Um, and uh, given the nature, obviously, of stigma in our community, and particularly when it comes to divorce, uh, we weren't sure whether people would actually come forward. Um, and so, as Indi says, we you know we advertised uh, a lot in the community, and we were very surprised.
0: Well, the trailer has a limited number of those people divorcees and adult children divorced. does the movie have a lot more are there a lot that came forward
9: uh, yes there are a lot of people that came forward again the the, the video uh, which which um, is reflective of the, the wider message uh, reflects different perspectives and opinions uh, and concerns and responsibilities from the whole range of the community in other words this All is right. not a video just with divorced people this right. is a video with uh, again with uh, rabbis and educators and, right. and, and divorces and, and, and much, children of divorce and
0: as much as both both of you would like to see as many divorced people watch this. You would rather the majority of people who watch right. it be people who are not right. from so those th- types of situations. Right, that's
8: one of the main points. This is what we call a community call to action. This is not about just having uh, men and women who are divorced or who are contemplating divorce or who have been divorced to come and watch this video. This is really for everyone in the community. There, there is not, I, I, w- I think you would agree with this, do you know anyone that doesn't know someone who is divorced it would be impossible to believe exactly whether it's a relative yeah, it a impossible. friend a neighbor sure. uh, someone they know from high school yeah I mean, everybody that
0: you might argue five to ten people that everybody exactly would know, yeah.
8: divorce touches um you know unfortunately divorce touches everyone in our community and that's why we created this film because we want it 's really we see it as a community call to action we want members of the community whether whether they're um Neighbors, friends, regular members of the community, rabbis, right. educators, um, clinicians. We want everyone to come and see this film. We feel that it has a tremendously important message. Um, and when we produced this film, just talking, having the men and women, the adult children and all the other um, uh, clinicians and educators and rabbis creating this video, it was just astounding uh, to see the process of how they came and spoke on camera. Uh, I was there, you know, one of the reasons I was always there with Derek was because sometimes it would be very difficult for some of the members right. to talk, especially the men and women, and I would always be there to process with it, them afterwards to make sure that, you know, that they were okay. Uh, I
9: could just say one of, the, one of the challenges, of course, was that we, uh, we wanted to give voice and expression to children, um, children who came from divorce terms, and for many uh, reasons we couldn't have these individuals on camera. So what the, we the did... The younger children. Younger children, children under 18 who, who are from divorce terms. Uh, and so what we did was we created a form online where they they could anonymous, anonymously share uh, their insights, their perspectives on different issues, and we got hundreds of um, incredibly uh, insightful and emotional um, comments from, from children uh, on their concerns, on the messages that they wish to relate to the community and so forth. Um, and um, that that spurned us even further in terms of um, the, the importance of communicating this to the community.
0: Well, one thing I learned from the trailer, and if you go to the OHL website, you can watch it. One thing I learned from the trailer... You cannot understand the pain of the husband. You cannot understand the pain of the wife, and you cannot understand the pain of the children. Three separate things, and all of them devastating. all of them are just you know like like people will ask what's better or worse to you know physically handicapped later in life or God forbid mentally handicapped later in life, and the answer is they're both horrible and right. you know you 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 can't understand what any of the people in these particular situations are going through.
8: Well, one of the main focuses of why we wanted to do this was to send a message to the community uh, really about the aftermath of divorce, how it affects the men and women, and really how it affects the children. And our motto is always don't let the children be caught in the middle because of sometimes... Yeah. Uh, and the
0: reason the, that's the motto is because usually they are.
8: They are, right. exactly. And that's some of the comments that we we saw uh, when we got responses from In fact, a child children. of... And
0: I'm sorry for interrupting, but a child of divorce who is not treated that way should consider themselves really lucky based on the way humanity works. Yes.
8: I mean, there are, you know, I do uh, work with couples who are getting divorced and they, they literally come in. I've had situations where couples will come in to see me and they will tell me, we are planning to get divorced, but we want to meet with you because we want to find out how best to deal with this vis-a-vis the children. We want to talk, how do we speak to them? How do we how do we plan our lives around these children? Which well, your is video, amazing.
0: Yeah, well, your video suggests that the only good way to do that is to acknowledge the parental bond that you're going to have forever with, with, with that other parent. I mean, it may get a drop different as they get older, but... It's still going to be a bond that's going to last forever
8: uh, one of the people on the video was a, a dr. Mark Banchik and I think you're referring yeah, to his comments right um Mark he's is a, a member of our community or not he is not a member of the Brooklyn community but right. he's a member of the um, Orthodox Jewish right. community. He's an amazing man, and he is a child psychiatrist. He has also written extensively on divorce. He has written a book called The Intelligent Divorce. He he writes for Psychology Today. And his his thoughts were really uh, very inspirational to us, for us all listening to him right. while we were filming. The um, reason
0: I asked about his background is because it's, it seemed to me that he was ready to say certain things that others would not. That's right, why I was right, saying Right.
8: He's a little bit I'm uh, even more out of the box, and, I, and we were happy to have him right. uh, so we could get his thoughts and his ideas. Uh,
0: okay.
9: I just say yeah, your point regarding the, the pain I think is so important, and uh, as David Mandel, you know, our CEO wrote, has written in an article, children surviving divorce, um, emotional trauma is proven to equate with physical trauma, um, and the pain of of of, uh, of husbands and wives uh, is is enormous. And just as we focus on not to have children caught in the middle, I think that there's very much a concern not to have parents caught in judgment. Mm. I think that there's a natural inclination in the community for people not to pass judgment uh, on on people. Who got divorced? To 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 inquire as to why they got divorced. You know, how did this happen? You know, what are the details? uh, Why couldn't they make it work, and so forth? As opposed to rather focusing on the day after, and you know, how can
0: I help? What can I do? You know what I find, uh, Dr. Klein? You'll tell me if I'm crazy or not. (laughs) You've always been open about that topic. (laughs) (laughs) I, I always find a sadness. Like I I, that I that I find myself approaching people who are divorced as if something sad has happened to them, when in fact, when in fact, and that's a judgment, by the way, because in fact, it may be the best thing, and they themselves might say, you know, now thank, don't
8: they even say Mazel Tov at at a get? Yes. Absolutely, and I think it's both because I think that as you'll see in the video, there is one of the one of the uh, participants in the video says you need to treat uh, people who get divorced uh, as though they're going through some sort of mourning process because they are going through a mourning process, and it is a mourning process. It, it is a loss of a life together, a loss of a relationship. On the other hand, very often people will be happy that they're getting divorced ultimately for whatever reason, and they and then you say to them, Matulov, and I actually just had somebody come over to me the other day at a meeting, and she said you know, I wanted to share this great news with you. And I said, what? She goes, I just got my get. And she was like so excited and she was hugging me. And I was like, so pleased for, her. and I said, muscle And she said, yes, you know, thank God after many years. And, um, so you know you could really look at it from both perspectives and, and well, I think but, it
9: is I think it is important it is both perspectives it is right. both perspectives it, it, is, it could it be is. something
8: that's uh, you look it at it is. from a sadness and from from a happiness um, e- even e- even in the worst case of, of
9: a divorce um, where where someone you know really feels a sense of relief there is no question that, that there's a sense of tremendous loss right. the loss of tremendous. the potential the loss of what could have been exactly.
0: uh, But there are a lot of very positive people out there who do regard it as a new start of course, as a, you, know, of
8: course. you know a lot of it depends on the the circumstance right. and what they've been through uh, during the marriage and the, the conditions of the divorce and what's going to happen with the children. And, you know, years ago, um, I wrote an article for the Jewish press on what happens to the children. Right. And we did a um, we did trainings on, you know, don't let your child get caught in the middle. And we did events you know about on divorce don't let the child get caught in the middle i think i was here that time with Figge, Zach Hart. Right. and we did that event and that was years ago and we thought at that time who's going to come to this no one's going to want to come cuz they're going to think oh you know uh they're going to think i'm getting divorced Correct. meanwhile there were uh, it was a standing room only crowd many people came many of the people were either divorcees or relatives of divorcees or people in the community who just wanted to hear about how to deal with this. And um, so this is not something totally new for us at OHEL, but I think that the method in which we're presenting it today is very groundbreaking. Right. And... Um, very creative. And I've <laughs> got
0: to get to the details of that method. Uh, Ohel presents Rising from Divorce, a groundbreaking new film for all members of the community. As we said, you can check out the trailer online at the Ohel website. Everybody, rabbis, community leaders, educators, and the entire community should be there at the Young Israel of Midwood this coming Sunday night at 7.30 for the screening and the panel discussion. There will be Divrei Bracha for our Moshe Tovia Leaf. The panel will include Rabbi Eli Mansour, noted speaker, and Rabbi Bet Yakov. Uh, there will be uh, Dr. Hindi Klein is going to be there, uh, David Mandel, the CEO of OHEL, and Rachel Chaffetz, the uh, noted educator as well. They'll all be part of it uh, this coming Sunday at the Young Israel of uh, Midwood. It starts at 7.30 p.m. at 1694 Ocean Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. In addition to that, you're going to be heading to Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, this will be Apenae Shurin right, in Teaneck, New Jersey, on April the 26th, which is a week from Sunday night, and then on May 3rd, right, Billit Synagogue at the Unusual of Woodmere is going to be the place, right, so May That's 3rd, right. so people in, in the Five Towns area, it's May 3rd, people in the Teaneck and Bergen County area, it's April 26th, and this coming Sunday night at the Unusual of Midwood, uh, 7.30 p.m. in Brooklyn, New York, right, Mansour, as we said, plus the entire panel will be there, and Derek, you mentioned to me before the show, um, as we were speaking before we went on the air, that this is way beyond the film and the event uh, Oh has taken upon itself to expand this into further programming, into more services in this area in the community. Expand on that for me drop.
9: Correct. The, we see the film as a catalyst really to an expansion of, um, of services and programs that are necessitated in the community. Um, and um, if you go to the website, ohelfamily.org slash risingfromdivorce, uh, you'll see a taste of uh, what we're looking at in terms of uh, uh, augmented programs and services uh, for the Community, whether it's support groups for children of divorce, support groups for families, support groups for parents, uh, husbands and fathers, um, there's, uh, there's a number of programs, uh, programs and services, uh, that we're offering to the community, um, to, to ultimately impact the environment so that both parents <coughs> of divorce and children of divorce can, can, thrive. Um, training programs for, for teachers, uh, for, uh, for Rabbonim. Again, to make them more sensitive, to understand their responsibilities, um uh within the community and practical st- and practical <clears throat> tools to be honest whether it's for neighbors whether it's for family members whether it's for teachers as to uh, you know what they can do what impact they can make uh, in order to benefit that environment for for children of
0: divorce uh, dr klein you wanted yeah. to add
8: <clears throat> i i also just want to add that first of all in terms of uh, this coming sunday's event yeah um, as you had mentioned, who was going to be, uh, you know, we were very honored to get Rabbi Moshe Toviyalif to uh, provide divrei Bracha and also to have such a distinguished panel, which includes Rabbi Eli Mansour, who was right. gracious and, and uh very kind of, to, to uh, join and in. And he's amazing. Uh, he's amazing, and we're, we're so happy about that. And also Rachel Khevitz, who's a noted educator, right. and David Mandel. So I just wanted to stress that, and I know that next week in TNEC, we're going to be having some other important notables. Dr. Mark Banchik actually is going to be coming Ooh. to the TNEC event, and he will be on the panel um, on the TNEC event, uh, Dr. Mark Banchik, and he's amazing. Um, before we end... I don't know when we're ending, but before we end, I wanted to uh, sure. read one of the comments. We had many, many comments from okay. from children of divorce, you know, under the age of 18. Uh, and there was just and we looked through a lot of them and we wanted to uh, mention one of them just to read to you one yeah, of the sure. comments. We had uh, we had different Children commenting on, you know, what to tell your parents, what message do you want to send to your parents, what message do you want to send to your peers, what message do you want to send to your community. So I'm just going to read you one from a young boy of age 11 who had a message that he wanted to send to the community. And this is what he says. Since my parents got divorced, the rub of my shul comes to pick me up every Friday night. Shabbos morning, my neighbor comes to pick me up to go to shul. The people in the shul are very nice to me. They give me a seat. They usually ask me first to say brachos before the other kids. They dance with me on Simchas Torah. On Purim, we go to Sister to Sister Suda, where they are very nice, and they send gifts and gift cards to my family. (laughs) This is a wonderful example of the goal that we want to achieve by showing this film, processing this film, and taking inspiration from this film.
0: Someone once said on this show... You want to do something for somebody uh you want to do something for, you know, uh a single mother uh with children, go over to her and say, I I'll I have no problem sitting next to your son in shul, something that she cannot do obviously. Right. right. And you know, the father's not around, maybe in a different town or the situation might be. And uh and that that simple act, like you just said about picking somebody up before Shul and Shabbos uh could be a big difference in uh in a child's life. What one of the things we should have done maybe We'll do it on a future occasion. We've probably done it in the past, but I don't remember any show that I've done, frankly. Uh, we should we should invite uh, an adult child of divorce to discuss this, because I think especially if they're as open as we would want them to be, and you probably have come across some that are really open on this topic. We had
8: several that were quite open yeah. and very honest with them They could
0: thoughts. probably really let this audience have it <laughs> and let the community have it regarding what we should or should not be doing when it comes to reacting to, divorced, yeah. to kids from divorced families.
9: Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I'll just say this. Why well, you're so,
0: wondering if somebody would do that?
9: No, <laughs> we we well, let me let me disqualify. I my, actually can my, think my, of a
8: couple of people yeah. who would
9: possibly. Do let that. me disqualify my, my uh, what I was going. to My concern. Um, we interviewed, as you know, many people for uh, people for this video from across the United States, in right. fact, from Canada, Los Angeles, Chicago, everywhere, and um, and some of them obviously included uh, people of, uh, individuals of divorce. Right. The, um, the 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 tone, however, of the video uh, is not one of. Uh, Criticising and naming and blaming and so forth. Understood. These, these are not videos where right. you know, they're bashing the ex-spouse. Right. Brought,
0: uh, to the credit of the individual. That's these what video this videos. forum is for. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm inviting somebody to come out and let us have it on this topic we need a little rude awakening in our community let me tell you but you're right the purpose of the gathering is obviously from a very positive perspective to tell the community that we have a role we have a a role to turn it's positive
8: and it's educational right
0: and we could turn a lot of very negative situations with just a couple of you know the different changes of attitude or a couple of small acts of kindness can change into a very positive experience correct
9: i mean i think i think it's all, things very clear it should be clear to the community that, uh, you know, we have a generation of individuals already reaching the age of uh, That's right. Um who who come from divorced homes. Right. I mean, thousands and thousands of individuals. And, you know, how is the community going, going to understand it? Are they going to be dismissed? Are they going to be seen as,
0: right.
9: uh, you know, not worthy or, or stigmatized and so right. forth? Whereas, obviously, for many of these individuals, they've overcome many challenges in life, and in many ways it probably makes them an even better person, or more sensitive, and uh, right. more understanding of this and that.
0: But Certainly with enough experience to pass along some important messages correct. to us. That's correct. for
9: sure.
8: Uh, yeah. I think that the adult children of divorce that we interviewed, that you will see on the video, they really had a lot of very... I mean, everyone has an important message. They right. really do. We had some very, very important messages from everyone. Uh, but if you he, listen to the poignancy of the adult children of divorce and, and the message they have, what it was like for them growing up, and what, they, what their are like now and how they are building their own families, despite the fact that perhaps their families were very much uh, disrupted and fragmented during the course of their childhood. Right. And they are rising above it, as we see, as you'll see. in the They've movie.
0: overcome a lot of adversity. Yes. Uh, Brooklyn, New York this coming Sunday Check out the trailer online It's pretty cool, I saw it this morning It's called Rising from Divorce A groundbreaking new film for all members of the community Everyone should be there Sunday night at the Unusual of Midwood Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Lee, Rabbi Mansour uh, Rachel Hefez, Dr. Hindi Klein Director of uh, Clinical Projects at OHEL The CEO of OHEL, David Mandel They'll all be there They'll be part of the panel discussion in Brooklyn 7.30 Sunday uh, It's at 1694 Ocean Avenue In Brooklyn, New York The neck event will be on the 26th of April at B'nai Yishirin. The Long Island event will be on the 3rd of May in the Young Israel of Woodmere. Go to the OHEL website for further information. It is a groundbreaking film, and it should be a very interesting event, no matter which of the three you go to. I just mentioned two things. Yeah.
9: One, uh, I should mention uh, David Jesse and DMJ uh, Productions, the company we work with for this uh, production. It was many months in the making, and uh, we couldn't have done it without them. And... Um, and uh, yeah. Lastly, uh, just to reiterate that this is a video for the entire community. Right. If you're affected by divorce, uh, you can gain the help you need. And if you're a member of the community, um, you can learn how to provide help to others.
0: Well said. Uh, Derek Saker, I thank you. Thank you very much, Nathan. Uh Dr. Klein, I thank you.
8: Thank you very much. It was good a pleasure luck, to be uh, here.
0: Good luck Sunday night. Thank you. It should be We're a very interesting it. panel discussion. And you'll take Q&A, I assume, from the Absolutely. audience.
8: Absolutely that's that's part of the process
0: yeah everyone out there will be able to uh, participate in that way It's quarter before nine o'clock I thank our guests from on yet another very important area that they're tackling on a uh, Wednesday morning at JM in the a.m
1: Honor, she'll allah, Harinibale fam deha. Besim hagedola, le hotorot leha. Anche reyano, the king, manu, you the
4: king, Bono shedola,
1: a de farra, be sin raguedola, de manu, Et à qui baitne bon che lo na a re ni ba le al
0: Yakov Shweki in Tfilat Kala. Day 11 in the counting of the Omer tomorrow, our Yom HaShoah commemoration here at JM and the AM. Want to wish a Mazel Tov in the Bar Mitzvah of Ezra Leitner. Uh, to the Sheikh and Leitner families, we say Mazel Tov. And Adina, Esti, Yaakov, Chana Nachama, Hindi, Miriam, Batsheva. Mazel Tov to all of you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Want to again wish a Mazel Tov to Saul Friedman and Company. They have a major event celebrating their uh, brand new offices on 60th Street in Brooklyn that takes place tonight. I apologize to Saul that I won't be able to be there. I'll be at the uh, the Ditchik and Adams uh, wedding this evening. I want to wish a mazel tov to Bacheva Ditchik and Aton Adams. They are getting married tonight. Special mazel tov to Ruby and Dr. Stu Ditchik. We look forward to celebrating with them this evening at the big celebration. Mazel from all of us here at JM and the AM. Hey, make sure to uh, tweet those pictures at us. Remember, tweet a picture of your favorite. Chametz or non chametz food item um, the grand prize for the picture that gets the most interactions between now and Friday morning is that amazing month long package from the uh, folks at kitchen sink I want to thank Doug socklaw for the prize uh that's going to be a one month subscription to kitchen sink k i t c h n s y n c h dot com and uh, all you got to do is tweet at Siegel net or uh, email webmaster at a photo of your favorite food and the one that gets the most likes and retweets and all that stuff uh, between now and Friday morning will be declared the winner. All that stuff, all the interactions, as they say. Uh, a couple of things wanted to uh, mention. Uh, congregation Hassam Sofer, 10 Clinton Street on the Lower East Side. Just off the Williamsburg Bridge, invite you to their 16th Moses Weiser Memorial Shabbos Chazanus this coming Shabbos, featuring Chazan Yaakov Rosenfeld and choir leader Hilu Posen of the Mazamrim Choir, this Friday night starting at 7.30, Shabbos morning at 8.45. Lunch with the Chazen after Kiddush will be catered by Zali Lichtenstein. Uh, information about reserving for lunch, you call 212-777-5140, 212-777-5140. The Moor event at MetLife Stadium is Sunday, as we told you yesterday with Tom Steinberg. Uh, you can actually play on the field. You can meet the New York giant Jeffrey Schwartz. There will be special children's programming. There will be an awards dinner with entertainment, a, a wonderful auction as well. Uh, the Maar website has information, or you can call 212-444-1020, 212-444-1020 for information on that. Uh, our friends at Mothers of Multiples have announced their next support group, of, group event. Dr. Yael Respler, is coming Tuesday night at 8 p.m., will be speaking about humor in relationships, humor in relationships, Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street in Brooklyn, New York, this coming Tuesday night. Dr. Yao Ressler at the Mothers of Multiples information. It's Mati Atlas, M-A-T-T-I dot atlas at yahoo dot com, M-A-T-T-I dot atlas. At yahoo.com. The Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi in the Lower East Side, has announced its Yom HaTzmout program for Wednesday night, a week from tonight, starting at 8 p.m. with Tfilat Arvit Beruah Hagigit, followed by Mr. Josh Nass on the topic of utilizing public relations to help Israel. Thursday morning, Shachris with Halel begins at 6 a.m. That's next week, of course, for Yom HaTzmout at the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I want to remind everybody that this coming Sunday night, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, do I have it here? Uh, this coming Sunday night is uh, the presentation by Rabbi David Goldwasser. Hang on one second. Rabbi David Goldwasser will speak this coming Sunday night, a public lecture for men and women concerning Inyanid Dioma in memory of Mr. Larry Gartner of Blessed Memory on the occasion of his shlotion. It's this coming Sunday night at the Bialstucker Synagogue. Rabbi David Goldwasser speaks. The first marav will be at 810, the lecture at 830, and then a second marav following a Siam Mishnayis in the main shul afterwards followed by refreshments sponsored by family and friends we remember Mr Larry Gartner with great affection his shloshim is uh, coming up and sunday night at the Bialystoker synagogue or by David Goldwasser will be there to address the uh, uh, the community on the occasion of uh, Larry Gartner's shloshim um, those of you who are family and friends uh those of you who want to hear a very inspiring lecture please make sure to be there on Sunday night. Tomorrow, our Yom HaShoah presentation here at JMNAM. Make sure to be tuned in. Five minutes from now on org. my conversation with former U.N. Ambassador uh, Dory Gold, U.N. Ambassador from Israel uh, to the United Nations. Uh, I speak with him. There's no greater expert when it comes to Iran. Uh, we speak coming up uh, five minutes from now, conversation I had with him earlier in the week, and by Steve Berg with Community Roundtable coming up at 9.30 with an amazing Yom HaShoah tale Make sure to be tuned in all day long at jmandtheam.org. Wrapping things up with Barry. Oh, sorry about that. Wrapping things up with Aryeh Künstler at JM and the AM. Israel and Achimachem are brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmnam.org. My conversation with Ambassador Dory Gold is next. If you're listening at jmnam.org or on one of our fabulous apps, um. No greater expert when it comes to Iran, so tune in and enjoy. Or don't enjoy when you hear what he has to say. Uh, uh, Tomorrow, it's our Yom HaShoah commemoration between 6 and 9. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.